0: Hey everybody, it's your host, Leah here, and I have a very exciting announcement. The Ashley and Jessica cast now has a Patreon page. I'm so, so excited about this because I know it is going to allow me to make so much more content for you guys. It's going to grow our community even more. I have absolutely loved for the past year doing this podcast. It is so much fun. It brings me so much joy but it is a lot of work it is more work than I could have ever anticipated I mean (laughs) the amount of hours and hours and hours that it takes to produce the podcast on top of my regular work schedule is oh boy (laughs) I mean sometimes it's sometimes I am up until 2am just trying to get an episode out and I'm not complaining at all because obviously it's voluntary and I love doing it but it would just be so wonderful to have some support. And I already do because some of you guys already signed up right away as soon as I posted it, which you guys have my heart forever. You don't even know how much that means to me. It's not even the money. It's just the fact that you trust uh, that you love the content. And you're just like, yep, I'll sign up, whatever. Like no hesitation. It means the world to me. It really, really does. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. So if you aren't already on Patreon, let me explain to you what it is. You just sign up for an account which is free and It is this amazing platform where creators can make content directly for you guys. Listeners, subscribers, followers, fans, whatever you want to call it. And there is a small fee to get the exclusive content that is not available to the public. So basically, the podcast that you know and love will still be free. So if you aren't going to support financially, that is okay. You still will get the podcast But Patreon subscribers will get it one day earlier than everybody else, and they'll also get the podcast completely ad-free, which I'm planning to get a lot more ads on the podcast soon. I've been working on that, so it's definitely gonna be a good benefit. And there are gonna be a lot more benefits to being a member, which I'm gonna go through them all right now. So I'm gonna say this differently member patreon subscriber patron it all means the same thing so the first tier is five dollars per month it's called a little bit and what you're going to get is like i said you're going to get early access to all the episodes you'll get them a day before everybody else you're going to get them ad free you have access to patreon only polls conversations it's just a ticket into our fan community in a more intimate way setting. And then you're also going to get two bonus episodes per month that will only ever be released on Patreon. They will never be released to the general public. One of them will be a bonus episode related to Ashley, Jessica, pop culture in general, and the other one will be a mailbag episode. So that is the $5 tier. And then we go up to $10, which this one is called Lloyd Dean's squad. <laughs> if you know who Lloyd Dean is, then you're already my best friend. So don't even worry about it. But this tier is going to get you everything in the first tier plus commentary tracks. So I am going to be recording audio commentaries over episodes of newlyweds, the Ashley Simpson show. Once we get further along, I might do price of beauty movies and more. There also might be some, bonuses that aren't related to jessica and ashley if you want me to do a commentary track on for instance girls next door or the anna nicole show or any other kind of anything really but i'm just kind of going with celeb reality shows for now but you never know what might pop up on here. I'm thinking at least one commentary track per month, but there may end up being more. Basically, when I have free time, I'm just going to record more bonus content for you guys. So what is on here for each tier is the minimum of what you get. There, I'm not promising because I haven't done this yet, but there's going to be probably more than what is listed. What's listed you'll definitely get, but there is always you know, chance that you'll get more bonuses. So I'm really excited just to have this platform. And then the next tier is $20 per month. This is called Edgy Like Hilary Duff. (laughs) And this tier is going to get you even more bonus episodes. So you'll get everything that's in the other tiers. Plus you're going to get bonus episodes that might be ashley and jessica related might be not ashley and jessica related basically if i feel like talking about a pop culture topic i'm going to this is going to be kind of like hey i saw this movie last night and i just want to talk to somebody about it so i'm going to recommend it to you guys and just throw up a 20 minute episode or something like that and then there also might be bonuses that i can't even think of yet but this is the 20 dollars tier so then You have the last tier, $50 per month. Now, I don't even expect anybody to do this, but I was advised that you should have a a larger tier like this just in case somebody has extra income lying around and they really love the podcast and they want to support. Obviously, it would blow my mind and mean the world to me. So this is what we call general support, just in case you feel like helping out a content creator like myself. You will receive, of course, everything in all the other tiers, plus monthly promo on the main public show so that means that i will promote your socials i will promote any projects that you're working on if you run a small business you want me to promote that you have an etsy page you want me to promote that whatever basically you want me to promote for you i will promote on the main public podcast so those are all of the tiers. You can sign up by going to patreon.com slash ashleyandjessicast and feel free to DM me with any ideas you have, any requests of something that you would want to hear on the Patreon page. And yes, I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much again for even just listening to the podcast. Whether or not you sign up, I really appreciate you being here. Without further ado, let's get on to this episode. Jessica
1: so Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. With
0: Ashley Simpson, I am so excited.
1: She, started, she said, I want to be a role model to girls. Take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo, and this is episode 36. Today, we are going to get into what the hell is Ashley doing, what is her secret project we need to know, and also, of course, the episode at hand, which is episode three of the Ashley Simpson show, Ashley Rocks Ryan's World. But first, I want to introduce my guest. You know him from TikTok. You know him from our favorite podcasts like Dunzo and Planet 2000s. He is pop culture obsessed and is quite the aficionado. So please join me in welcoming Jesse Chambliss.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about The Simpsons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. I have to say that you have a very impressive list of podcasts and things that you've guested on and every time I've heard you I've just been like I feel like this person and I would be friends if we had met in life
2: <laughs> oh my gosh that is incredibly flattering I totally agree I actually do listen to this podcast um and because I do love uh, Jessica and Ashley and I 100% agree with you
0: thank you well so yeah now we're best friends <laughs> just I've I've said it so
2: yeah it's official it's out into the universe and so um the universe just has to accept it
0: exactly thank you i'm glad we talk about a lot of like manifesting and things on this podcast so i know <laughs> yes yeah, so someday jessica and ashley are going to be guests it's going to be amazing i'm just preparing for it you know
2: yeah and i will be right there supporting you from the stands don't worry
0: thank you so much <laughs> well do you want to tell all of our listeners about your TikToks? i know they're going to want to follow you
2: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I am a standard millennial who got into TikTok during, uh, you know, the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And I have always been really into pop culture of the early 2000s. Um I'm a big fan of Britney, um Jessica, Christina, you know, Hilary Duff, uh, all the, you know, the Disney uh stars as well too. And I never really had a lot of people to share in that in the same, to the same degree that I love it. And so I started building this community on TikTok because I, you know, started posting about pop culture uh, and music that I love, pop music. Um, I like new pop music as well too. So uh, I, you know, I think that um, what really happened for me though, is that I started, um, rating soft choreo. That's kind of what I became known for. (laughs) Uh, um, And by soft choreo, I mean the people who might not be as great of dancers or don't want to be dancers in the early 2000s, specifically um, women, pop stars, and just how wacky some of the moves that they gave them were. I don't fault any of the stars who are dancing that I kind of, you know, uh, joke about, but, um, I do fault their choreographers fully and their teams. So I just want to go on record saying that. Um, and I love talking about Jessica Simpson dancing. It's one of my favorite things from, from the heart though. I love her so much. And so, um, I just watched the irresistible, irresistible music video, on a loop at times to, uh, give me a serotonin boost. So yeah, um, that's pretty much what I like to do on TikTok. I, you know, I branch off and do other various pop culture things, but that's what really, um, got me into it and building community.
0: Yes. I enjoyed your Jessica Simpson's first rehearsal for the Irresistible (laughs) Music Video TikTok.
2: Thank you. I I really had to apologize to her, though, because that wig was terrible. Um, So Jessica, if you're listening, I'm so sorry that I wore a a bad wig to represent your hair.
0: (laughs) I'm sure she'll forgive you. I bet if she saw it, she would get a kick out of it, especially because she has kind of denounced that part of who they were trying to make her be
2: yeah and like mandy moore in the same regard you know and i've talked about her on my tiktok as well so i it's all in good fun i'm a big fan of all of them so i really enjoy making those videos
0: me too i stand them all like i don't i'm not i was never one of those girls that was like against any of them and i know you're also a big hillary duff fan so that's good
2: yes i am big hillary duff fan i try to get her to tell me happy birthday every year so
0: It will happen someday.
2: Manifesting, right? That's what you talk about in here a lot.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yes. It's worked
0: for me. So I'm always trying to tell people just like believe because the crazy things can happen. You never know.
2: Yes. And I'm going to keep believing.
0: Yes. And yeah. So I think it's really funny that because somebody had to talk about this soft choreography thing. (laughs) So I'm really glad that you cornered the market on that because (laughs) they just did this really strange Funny thing with the Success of Britney where instead Of recognizing that Like dance was the Thing that made Britney unique Because she could Keep up with her backup dancers and Sometimes outdance them and everything Instead of saying oh that's what makes her unique We have these other people let's figure out what makes Them unique so we can market that and make them Stand out no it was just You better do what this girl is doing right now, or we are kicking you off this record label.
2: Right. (laughs) So it
0: really, like, resulted in some interesting uh, choreography, and I agree with you. It's completely the choreographers, well, I mean, I guess, like, they were doing the best they can based on being hired by the label and stuff like that, but I don't blame the pop girls at all.
2: No, they were a product of the time. Um, They didn't have as much control over what they got to do. And so, yeah, fully. And you're right. It was such a lazy strategy. Instead of, you know, capitalizing on something that could be unique, they just tried to make carbon copies whenever you had someone like Jessica who, gosh, she could have had such a great, like, ballad country career like she wanted, you know, ugh. a missed opportunity but that's okay because i really do love the music so selfishly i'm gonna just hold on to that at least
0: i know i'm always thinking that too when i'm listening to like forever in your eyes which is one of my favorite pop songs i'm Mm -hmm. like you know i feel bad that jessica doesn't like this era because there actually are some bops there
2: yeah absolutely and you know what that's okay we we have it still even if she doesn't like it um and it's out there, you know, she's getting 10 cents every time you listen to it. So.
0: <laughs> Thank God.
2: <laughs> Thank God.
0: <laughs> she needs it, you know. Um,
2: yeah, well, she's she's not making any other money otherwise, you know, so she really needs it, I'm sure. Exactly. JK, she's so rich from everything she does. But anyway.
0: Yes. So one thing that keeps me up at night and disturbs me to my core more than any horror movie is uh-huh. the choreography for a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so memeable. And people, people have really done it justice in terms of how wacky it is. So yeah, fully on the same page. It's so silly.
0: It really is. And I don't know if you've seen her mad TV performance of it. Have you seen that?
2: I haven't, which is so surprising, because I actually watched a lot of mad TV growing up.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand why she was a musical guest on Mad TV. Like I just I didn't get. I wasn't I was like, "Joe? Really?" Like, you know, and Tommy Matola is forcing her to do all this shit, and he has the power to I mean, come on. Like, let's
2: SNL. Come on.
0: Exactly. I'm sorry, but I like I loved Mad TV, but it certainly wasn't known for its musical guests.
2: No. And I genuinely forget that it had musical guests. She would have been better to go on like all that or something
0: exactly totally because i was that age that i loved all that and yeah. i would have been so excited like, i still Dang. remember when the spice girls were on all that
2: oh my gosh yes oh <laughs> that was so iconic
0: <sighs> yeah a different I, time i think i still have the tape somewhere like the vhs tape of them <gasps> on the snick couch like in <gasps> space do you remember that
2: yeah <laughs> I absolutely remember that because i wasn't going anywhere on a saturday night so <laughs> of course
0: not <laughs> No. Okay. So talk to me about how you first discovered them. Obviously, for 99% of people, it's Jessica first, then Ashley. And what were your thoughts on them aside from soft choreo?
2: Yeah. Well, I was obviously a fan of Jessica because I love, you know, bubblegum pop type of music. And I specifically like women who do that instead of men. <laughs> no, hate. I still like men, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, but most of the time, you know, I'm attracted to, to the female pop stars, obviously. And so she captured my attention. Um, my parents listen to a lot of classic, you know, rock and, you know, older music and everything. And so I instantly recognized the Jack and Diane sample, um, in, uh, you know, her, her uh, single that she released. And so I was like, well, this is fun. And I just kept up with her. And I followed her career. And, uh, you know, I never, uh, I don't think I ever like fell out and, you know, stopped following her. I've pretty much followed her since then. And, uh, you know, always rooting for her. Um, I know that she uh, sometimes opens herself up to being uh, poked fun at a little bit, which is fine. I think that's part of her charm. Um, but, you know, I it was never something that I thought like maliciously about. I always thought, oh, gosh, like that Jessica, you know what I mean? Which I'm sure people <laughs> in her life think, too. Um, and then whenever... Ashley was, uh, you know, starting her show and coming on the scene. I actually didn't watch a ton of newlyweds, to be honest with you, but I watched the Ashley Simpson show um, because the promos were really good. Like MTV did a great job of marketing it and they were really strategic. And so um, I really liked the way the autobiography sounded um, whenever they were using it for the title song and, and some of the promotion. And so I was like, OK, well, this song's pretty good. I like I was into the Avril Lavigne and and that kind of pop rock at the time. So that fit where I was in life as well too and then I stuck with Ashley.
0: So musically, do you would you say that you listen to Ashley or Jessica Moore?
2: Ashley for sure. I mm-hmm. I know Ashley's full discography like the back of my hand. Um I know a lot of Jessica music and there are some songs that I revisit more than others. But definitely more into to Ashley.
0: Are there any particular songs that you hold above all others?
2: Yes. And the reason I'm so excited about the episode that you picked is because Surrender is one of my favorite Ashley songs. And, um, you know, she records that in this episode. And... It's, oh gosh, I was so excited when I remembered that that's what was happening in this episode um, because I talk about that song a lot and I really love it. And there's a couple of other standouts on other albums. Um, What I've Become on Bittersweet World is another one that stands out for me a lot.
0: Yes, yes, I completely agree. What is your thought overall on Bittersweet World? How does it compare?
2: I really, I enjoyed Bittersweet World. I thought it was really forward thinking. I didn't think that it got enough credit for what she was doing she you know worked with some great producers and writers and Ashley's always been involved in the process as as you know and I think that she was just as involved there and doing something a little bit different and I think that she got an unfair shake with that album because of just the lingering sort of criticism about the SNL debacle
0: yeah yeah I think it's really unfortunate because I mean overall I don't I love Bittersweet World as much as the previous two, Mm -hmm. and I do think there's something missing from it, but I also can really appreciate the fact that she was just like, well, everybody hates me anyway, and everybody talks (laughs) so badly about me anyway, so I want to do this weird 80s, Timbaland-produced, out-of-my-head, like, interesting visuals, something so different from what anyone else is doing, and she was like, I just want to do that, and I don't really care, so... That I really appreciated.
2: Yeah, I I totally get that too. Yeah, there are some songs on there that I don't revisit, but like I will listen, I will get weirdly obsessed with what I've become every few months and just listen to it a bunch in a week and then repeat that cycle a few months later. Um, Same with No Time for Tears. Like there are some really strong tracks on there that I think make up for some of the odder choices, if you will.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Have you ever seen either of them live?
2: No, I haven't. And um, it really is sad to me. Uh, I definitely would have. I grew up in like really rural Arkansas. And so it was not as easy to get to concerts. And so I feel like I missed out on a lot of that whenever many of these artists were in their quote prime, unquote. Uh, so I try to make up for lost time in adulthood, but they're not touring. And so I haven't gotten a chance to um, to be able to see them. And I really wanted to go to Jessica's book tour, but it sold out in like a second where I live. I- I'm in Dallas now. So I didn't get oh. to see that either.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you live in Texas, you gotta, yeah. you gotta hop on that quickly. Oh
2: my gosh. Like, not only just being in Texas for any artist, but of course, like, her hometown area. Yeah. There was, I, there was no hope for me. I should have just, like, stood outside and, you know, gotten a scalper to give me, some, give me a ticket.
0: Oh, well, again, we're going to manifest. They are going to tour again someday, and you will definitely see them.
2: I'm ready. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was talking about because Jessica definitely is going to do something with music. We just don't know what it is. Um, because she said on Good Morning America, they didn't they they suck at interviewing because they didn't even catch what she said. They just were like, "So, what's it like being married?" And you know what I mean? I was like, "Ugh." Um, but she had dropped like she was like, "Oh yeah, like now that I'm getting back into music, it's awesome because my husband." Met me after I stopped making albums So now he's getting to see that And my kids blah 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 And they didn't really even ask her Like well when are you coming out with something But she must be recording or something Or something that he's able to witness her doing You know obviously it's not live shows But it must be something So I have a feeling that even if she doesn't do a whole tour She has to do maybe like a couple shows or something And she's talked about how it was always her dream To do small scale kind of like just her and a microphone, like a Jewel style show in a little club or something. So I was thinking even if she didn't do a full world tour because she has kids and everything, she has to do a few dates. And long story short, she's definitely going to do Texas.
2: Yes. And that's the thing. Living in Dallas now, I can really make up for lost time because everybody comes here. Yay. So I I will. Trust me, when Jessica tours again, I will be there.
0: Oh my gosh. So exciting.
2: I know, I'm pretty excited
0: <laughs> So we need to talk about the news Which is that Ashley posted a picture And said that she was filming something
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now, it could be something huge that we're going to panic about or, or it could be something like Cribs Which, you know, she was just on Cribs um, Which, not that that wasn't exciting But it's not like a music video, right? Yeah Um. So do you have any guesses about what it could possibly yeah. be?
2: So I think, Ashley, okay, ideally, if, I, if I'm if i thinking about best-case scenario, aside from music, you know, um, I think it's going to be something fashion-related because she's always been, like, a style girl, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and uh, kind of influential with her fashion, whether we realize it or not. And I'm hoping that she does something clothing-related if it's not music.
0: Well, I actually asked... My followers, if they had any, first of all, tea because a lot of the time people will leave random tea in my inbox, and I'm like, oh my god!
2: (laughs) I love that. I need that power.
0: (laughs) I know it's so exciting. So, um, so somebody said a clothing line, which I wish would happen. That makes total sense.
2: Yeah, it does make sense for her, especially with you know where she is in her career and her life right now. I think it would be a great move.
0: Yes, and I always – I mean, I love Jessica's style and I love her collection and everything, but as far as the way that they both dress right now, Ashley is just so much more close to my personal style. It's like – and I feel like sometimes I hit her aesthetic and then other times her aesthetic is just aspirational to me and I'm like, I – Can't really afford a lot of the pieces that she has Particularly Chanel and Balenciaga And things like that but I You know definitely have a similar Vibe and also when I saw Her house I was like oh this Like some stuff in here is kind of like The same stuff that I have because I have a lot of Velvet in my house and stuff and so does she And I was just like I wonder if she Could make a line Of clothes that Is her aesthetic but isn't like a thousand Dollars for a sweater
2: yes i i accessible right Mm -hmm. yes i totally know what you mean and maybe that would be really great right
0: yeah i've always thought like well it would be so easy because jessica's already so established ashley could do some line within her line or maybe just or you know maybe jessica could just connect her with the right people but i do wonder how much the I am not Jessica is still mm-hmm. in her, you know? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to be anywhere near that.
2: You're right. And that's a good point. My other thought about what she could potentially be doing was um, like being a brand ambassador for a different brand. you know what I mean? Like being whatever they whatever they call that. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's not, they don't develop the product, but they become like the spokesperson for it. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my other thought. I don't know what it would be. Right. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like how Kristen Stewart – is the chanel girl so she wears chanel to every single event and she's in the ads and all that kind of stuff
2: exactly so So, that's another thought
0: yeah um so derek shout out derek um he's jessica's biggest fan and he's been on this podcast many times he had the coolest idea to me which was it's a diana ross video
2: oh my god gosh can you imagine
0: i know because I know, if anyone out there doesn't know diana ross announced a new album i know she said september did it come out yet
2: i have not seen it yet
0: um i don't i'm i have not uh i have not kept up with it but i know that it's her first album in like 15 years so it, i mean it's possible like she did announce the track listing and it didn't say any like featuring ashley simpson but who knows it could just be for like it could just be Ashley's in the video or something like that
2: yeah and honestly like we'll take whatever we can get you know what I
0: mean Uh, 100% (laughs) yeah it doesn't even matter like I'm just happy that she's doing something you know
2: yeah absolutely okay so I actually just looked it up too and um the album has not been released yet she released a single earlier this month so maybe there's a music video I don't know
0: well I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, um and then you'll Amanda. Have
2: to
0: uh, you know what? I'm working on so many things already. You guys have to help me with this one, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, we'll get the we'll get the whole collective crew together.
0: Please. Like we need we can do it. Um and then Amanda who was our guest last week and she runs the jessica simpson tribute instagram Mm -hmm. she said that maybe it's a collab with jessica because jessica is also she also teased a picture and said that she's doing a secret project
2: oh wait yeah that's right when was jessica's post in relation to ashley's this
0: was like two weeks ago i think maybe
2: Hmm. i okay i'm gonna tell you what i hope it's not
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) I hope it's I hope it's not a Christmas anything.
0: (laughs) We've already seen it.
2: Yeah, we don't I don't need it again. I I love okay, so let me tell you a little quirk that I have. Anytime someone says the word rejoice in regular conversation, my head goes the Christmas album. I want you to know that about me. (laughs) Good. I finished that sentence with the Christmas album. So (laughs) I'm I'm well versed. It's canon for me, but I don't want it again.
0: Yeah, that's like with Britney for me. When I, whenever I hear like "Oh, baby" in a song, I'm just like, "You don't deserve this." It's, it's Britney's.
2: <laughs> yeah, one thousand percent.
0: So whatever it is, obviously we will be covering it. And you know, most people they were just like, "It's an album. It's, it's a single. It's music." Obviously, that's the best case scenario. But I think the other things that we just talked about are really possible too. I'm. Not sure at all, like if I had to go one way or the other. For some reason, the Diana Ross thing is like pinging for me just because I feel like her and Evan are so, they're very much a couple. They're famous for being a couple, not just for being individual celebrities. I feel like, especially right now, like when you see Ashley, you see Evan right there. And of course, they just, you know, not just, but the last big project that she did was the album and tour that they did together. So,
2: yeah. And I loved that song, Paris. So, you know, that's cool.
0: Yeah, They're you know, their album, to me, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to turn that album on right now, but I like the vibe.
2: Yeah, I agree. And um, they released a one-off song after the EP, their album that they did, too, that I really liked. Um, and now, of course, I'm forgetting the name of it. But yeah, I mean, if they if they did something together, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but them being in a Diana Ross video it sounds really fun for some reason.
0: Yes. Yes, I can't wait to see what it is. So we should get into this episode. It's called Ashley Rocks Ryan's World. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Which I don't like that they titled it that because when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this is going to be the Ryan episode. There's going to be so much Ryan. And really, it wasn't even about him. Like, the scenes with him kind of seemed extraneous. I was really wanting to focus on the main topic of the episode, which was that... She was recording her album.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a misleading title. And (laughs) whenever I initially saw the title, whenever I was going to rewatch the episode for this, I was confused.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I always do polls on the Ashley and Jessica's Instagram. One of the first Mm -hmm. things that I asked everybody was, do you think that they actually dated or was it just a PR relationship? And I don't know how you feel about that But even if they did I'm always like what even is a PR relationship Because I feel like a lot of people If you're in a PR relationship You're probably hooking up anyway Unless you have secret significant others Because it's like you're young and attractive And you're supposed to act like you're together So whatever Like I don't (laughs) I could have seen Joe being like Well you need to date this guy basically or whatever And then her being like Oh he's actually cute you know
2: Yeah, and (laughs) her kissing him whenever they're filming that one scene or taking photos or whatever they were doing. Oh my gosh, that really cracked me up for some reason. That stood out to me. (laughs) So yeah, maybe there was real chemistry even if they were, you know, PR stunt.
0: Well, when I asked, and this was when we had much less followers, I probably should ask again, but 71% said no, it was just for the show and 29% said true love.
2: I think I agree with them.
0: Yeah, I feel like they did probably have something going on, but that it was definitely set up originally for the show because Joe was Ryan's manager and Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like they clearly named it this so that it would be like, Ooh, this is her new relationship. You just saw her get dumped and now she has this new hot musician guy who has this cool song, which I actually do enjoy that song on the way down.
2: Oh, yeah. I revisit that song a lot, for sure.
0: Yeah, me too. So this aired on June 30th, 2004. And it begins with Ashley saying that Jordan, the president of Geffen Records, told her that she needs to write with other people. I went
1: into Jordan's office knowing that he wasn't feeling the demos. It's not every day when I get involved and say, all right, listen, you're not singing on these demos, man. It was just really scary to think, oh, no, where's my album going now?
0: So previously she had been writing with uh, Steve Fox and Stan Fraser from Sugar Ray. They wrote tons of songs together, but the only one that was approved for her album was Unreachable, which is one of my favorite songs. So I kind of wish that we heard more of the other ones that they did.
2: Yeah, I agree. I really like Unreachable. It's one I will still just listen to one off from the album for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I actually really wonder what Steve and Stan felt about this because especially Steve they they seem so close and in the first two episodes they're together all the time they're always writing it seems like they've been best friends forever and then all of a sudden they're just kind of like cast aside for these fancier producers I guess you could call them
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> kind of sucks like I would like to know what they thought about it because she picked them to kind of craft this sound but she also does say that she trusts what Jordan is saying so
2: yeah And, but, you know, that could have been just a product of wanting to, I know that she rebels at times, but um, sometimes she's agreeable because, you know, she's still new to the whole process. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know how she really felt about that, especially if she was vibing with another writer. Maybe she just realized that it would be good to diversify a little bit, but I'm also curious about other unreleased um, or demo tracks for most of the artists that I love.
0: Ashley meets with John Feldman first And he has a ton of credits Including Avril Lavigne, Ashley Tisdale, Hilary Duff Mandy Moore, Papa Roach, All Time Low Five Seconds of Summer, Good Charlotte, the list goes on So what I think is funny about not just John Feldman But Guy Chambers, The Matrix These are all people that wrote very successful songs Or wrote or produced or both for Hillary Duff And they had told her that they wanted her to be edgy like Hillary Duff And she said no I won't do that So I think that this was their roundabout way Of being like mm, you will do that And here are the people that are going to help you
2: <laughs> Yeah that makes a lot of sense, especially because of there's always like cycles of the hot writers and producers at the time or whatever. And so I'm sure that if they expressed any interest in wanting to work with Ashley, the record label was like, okay, yeah, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I like the whole trying to shape Jessica into Britney and all of that stuff. They just, they can't take the kind of risks that Ashley is naturally going to take on her own. I mean, she, what, she did have a label when she did Bittersweet World, but I guess at that point, everybody was just like whatever um <laughs> whereas like at the beginning they were just like okay we want you to be you we don't want you to be jessica but you know maybe meet with producers they've had some success you know maybe not the drummer from sugar ray just just saying
2: yeah and you know those uh, money signs in joe's eyes i'm sure he he was probably like nudging her too <laughs>
0: yeah I feel kind of like he it's it's kind of funny just to like see him because he just basically sits there in all of these episodes
2: which is so funny because you know that he was so active I mean he's a he was a pastor a preacher he talks a lot and so I, I know that he didn't just kind of like sit there and observe you know they, they probably did a lot of editing
0: yeah well I think that Maybe that is how he got so far because he kind of played this like, well, I'm just a pastor from Texas. I don't know anything about this business, but maybe we could try this. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, he's such a cunning businessman and like (laughs) was able to like exploit his daughter's talents so well. Yeah. (laughs) So fascinating to me.
0: Same. Of course. We've we've gotten into it. If there's any thoughts you want to share about Joe at any time, just interrupt me. It's fine
2: okay well i love to show his instagram to my boyfriend and be like look at all of these young buff men that he's photographing today
0: (laughs) i love how there's no like he's just like yeah this is what i want to do this is it.
2: Right. (laughs) It went from (laughs) preaching about God to pimping out his daughters to taking photos of um, 18 year olds who don't have their shirts on on a beach or less than that. I was like, okay, well, this makes sense.
0: Right. And it went from like being in the closet to being like, this is exactly the aesthetic that I like to spend my life focusing on and nothing else.
2: And I love how Jessica like tiptoed around it in her book too um she said everything in like the nicest way about her dad but we all got what she was saying you know what i mean
0: right because he hasn't officially said the words i'm gay even though he mm-hmm. lives openly as a gay man so i mean i totally respect that she's not going to just be like yeah he's gay and come out for him but at the same time it was like you know it's kind of impossible to write about it without her outing him because everybody knows so i don't know it's kind mm-hmm. of an awkward situation.
2: It really is i I genuinely can't imagine being in that position, so I'm glad it was her, not me, <laughs> yeah,
0: and being in that position when you're in labor,
2: yeah, oh my gosh, some of the stories that she shared in that book
0: oh shocking
2: <laughs> I remember and and I would get really caught up and I would be reading i I like to read in bed, and so you know my boyfriend's already asleep, and it's like three a m And I remember I was reading about how she met her current husband and she talked about like the pig pooping or whatever, like funny story that she told. And (laughs) I was like snorting and trying not to wake him up and be super annoying. Um, But I'm like, I'm like, you know, shaking in bed, like stifling a laugh. She was really funny too. Not only did she share a lot, but she's really hilarious.
0: Yeah. And. It's funny, actually. That reminds me that yesterday I was talking to somebody about Drew Barrymore and Kelly Clarkson and how they've had all this talk show success. And my friend said to me, well, you're obsessed with all those people. Like, who else do you think should – if they had a talk show, like, would it actually be successful? And I was like, Jessica (laughs) –
2: Yes, because you know that she would say some off the wall things and her guests would not know how to respond.
0: Yeah, well, she's just the perfect blend of someone who is obviously so successful and beautiful and rich and all that stuff. So it's aspirational, but she's also has the best personality and is the most completely normal down to earth person who just puts it all out on the table. And I feel like that's ex- that's the perfect blend of person to be a talk show host.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why Kelly is so successful and relatable and, you know, likable on that show, too. I feel like Jessica would be very similar. You're totally right.
0: So, actually, when I was doing research for this episode, I was looking up John Feldman and doing some digging because I wanted to see what they ended up doing together because there's a lot of unreleased in general John Feldman songs with all of these pop girls. And I found there's a song that was never released called Weekend which is an Ashley song. But then I found out that there's Mandy Moore has a couple of songs that never came out that were co-written by him. And then uh, they're called one is called home and one is called crazy. And then there's other songs that are produced by John Feldman and co-written by Benji and Joel Madden. They're called everything stops and then better off. So if anyone has these songs, you want to send them to me. I'm very curious because John Feldman, obviously like, he's known more for rock music, pop punk music. So was Mandy at one point going in a more rock or punk direction because to have him and Benji and Joel, I'm just like that's a really interesting direction for her and what happened?
2: I don't know, but I'm imagining it and I'm so here for it. I would I I love when people go outside of their genre and explore so if Mandy wanted to be punk rock, then I'm here for it. I would have supported, but I mean, I'm pretty much on the train anyway, so.
0: Right. I back her, so it's <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>
2: but
0: I think it would be perfect because she has this really soft voice and like she's Rapunzel and Tangled, you know what I mean? Like she has this very calming tone to her voice. So if that was used in a different way than singing a song like Cry or Crush or the songs from Tangled, I think that would be a really nice juxtaposition.
2: I fully agree. And you know, there's something about the way that some people who can, you know, engineer music know how to use people's voices, even in places where they might not be a natural fit, that makes it even more interesting, you know,
0: totally. So after that, she meets with Guy Chambers, who again, is known for working with Robbie Williams, Kylie Minogue, Mel C, Natasha Bedingfield, Carol King, and of course, Hilary Duff. He was a producer on her second album, her self titled, which I love, by the way, underrated.
2: Agreed. I'm with you. Really leaning into some of the weirdness, you know?
0: A 100%. Ashley, like, very much relies on her natural charm because she's late <laughs> to everything. And <sighs> as I said a couple episodes ago, of Joe's life during this time is just waiting for Ashley to get somewhere. And Ugh. I just, I want the deleted scenes of like Joe trying to make small talk with these producers while they're waiting like an hour for her to get back from the mall.
2: Absolutely. And, <laughs> and also, Ashley, like we get a glimpse of her apologizing or not, not even really apologizing. She's just kind of like, I'm so late. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to see whenever people didn't respond well to that.
0: <laughs> I know. Like, so disrespectful. Like, just, and, and she's so good natured that you're like, oh, you know, whatever. That's Ashley But like When she has her meeting With Guy Chambers She goes I'm sorry I'm late I suck at being on time I went shopping this morning It was really nice
2: I almost fell over
0: (laughs) Can you imagine Being handed A record deal On a silver platter And then you You mess up Not really mess up But mess up According to the label And they're like erase all those songs we're gonna send you these amazing writers and producers and you like can't even be bothered to show up girl i would be early
2: absolutely she just like (laughs) did she care (laughs) i don't really know i don't really know and and how did she not have just like (laughs) endless anxiety while she was you know checking out at at the at the store you know because she already knew she was an hour late like oh my gosh i would have been a mess
0: I know. I'm also really bad with directions. So I understand that part of it. But somehow everybody else managed to get there on time. So like, she yeah. could have she could have mm-hmm. been there on time too.
2: And the thing is, like, I'm a perpetually late person. I've been really improving um, in my life for the past few years. But I, I, I have like a, a Jesse window where it's not as bad and people don't like you know, cancel me, hate me. Um, and so when it pushed my limits, I was like, okay, this is bad, Ash.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. It's it's like shocking, honestly. So then she is late to meet with The Matrix, which is a uh, producing and writing team. They also worked with Hilary Duff once again. Um, they worked with Christina Aguilera, Avril, Jason Mraz – They worked with Nick Lachey on his Doomed solo album. Um, They also worked with Britney. Yes, boo. Like, come on. They're lucky that their, their careers weren't ruined from that. But like, whatever. I don't need to get into another Nick hit piece. So they didn't end up having a song on Ashley's album. And I actually, I thought what they showed of their interaction was pretty awkward. So it made sense in the moment. But then I was looking up. This article from 2018 And she didn't say anything bad about them But she mentioned That you know she had met a lot of people She was writing with a lot of people And then she goes I worked with the Matrix on a song And then I met John and Cara Meaning Cara Diaguardi and John Shanks Mm -hmm. And she said it's obvious That was where I was meant to be It was magic So she was kind of saying like Working with the Matrix was not magic So I'm curious what that song was
2: Yeah, and when you're doing something intimate like recording music and you're not vibing with the producer or the, you know, whoever, the writer, whatever team you're working with, I just wonder what that's like. I would love to be a fly on the wall.
0: Oh, 100%. I wouldn't say that they're, like, the most amazing production team from this time by any stretch, but they did have some good songs, so I don't know. It's just interesting that they couldn't make something work for her, I guess.
2: Yeah, especially because, I mean, the style that Ashley wound up, you know, within her first album is very similar to a lot of the other work that they did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mysteries, huh?
0: There's so many. Like, I just need, (laughs) I need somebody to do a full documentary, even though this is basically what this show is. I need a documentary on the making of this album and everything that happened behind the scenes of this show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and not MTV style. Like, I want the truth.
0: No, I need, I need the truth. Okay so it was kind of funny I don't remember the the woman that's in the matrix what her name is so I'm sorry about that but they, they were asking her like well what's your sound what do you want to do and Ashley said that she loves Courtney Love and she wants to be like whole and the woman from the matrix was like oh yeah when we met Courtney Love she was like I don't need you you need me <laughs> i was like the icon courtney love like and i felt like it was kind of a weird thing the way that she said it i don't know did you pick up on that it was like awkward
2: yeah it was super awkward but also hilarious because anything involving courtney love is going to be messy anyway Mm -hmm. Um, whether she's directly involved or not so um you know i was just kind of expecting that
0: (laughs) and i was wondering what the tea was behind courtney love trying to make out with ryan cabrera
1: courtney came up to us at the grammys and she said to us I know you just people. I don't need you. You need me. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's
1: great. She's I love so her. You know she tried to make out with Ryan? She tried to make out with my friend. I was like, why did you do it? I would have made out with her. I love her.
2: Uh, who knows? <laughs> and also, how old was he whenever that happened? Anyway, I don't know.
0: I don't I don't know. How old was he around the time of the show? Like twenty one or something?
2: He had to be really young, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh court.
0: <laughs> ashley has her courtney love moment a little later on when she has that drunken mcdonald's video oh
2: my gosh uh-huh yep so she, she really
0: did embody her in multiple ways you know
2: imitation is like just such a great form of flattery right so you know she was she was just uh emulating her icon
0: there you go it was living art you know like it was performance <laughs> art <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then she broke out into a um, you know an interpretive dance. It was great. <laughs> just kidding. That would that would have been better.
0: <laughs> oh, Ashley's always just going to be associated with that hoedown. down.
2: Oh, that hoedown. down. Yep, infamous yeah. hoedown. down.
0: Then we have the introduction of Ryan. Something that I never noticed before because I haven't watched this since I read Jessica's book. Ashley said that he's her best friend because he lived with her family for over a year. And I was like, why did he live with her family for over a year? And then I remembered that they used to take in like disenfranchised or abandoned kids and babies. Like remember that story where they go pick up the baby who's like alone in the house. I didn't have time to Google this and look into this at all. But I was wondering if he was like an underprivileged kid or something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know much about um, his background or anything. But that is really fascinating, and maybe we should like do a little research and see what we can sleuth and find out.
0: Hey guys, it's Leah cutting in during the edit. Hope you're enjoying this lovely episode with Jesse. I did some research after, and I found out that... I actually found out a lot about Ryan Cabrera. I realized I didn't really know anything about him, and he was actually in a couple of bands, before meeting Ashley, and then he went solo and was working on his voice. He actually had the same vocal coach as Jessica Simpson. So he was performing by himself, trying to get the attention of agents, managers, record labels, and he ended up Meeting Joe Simpson, I guess, at a showcase where Joe had been connected through Jessica's vocal coach because Joe was looking for some people to take on so that he could build his repertoire beyond Jessica and Ashley. And Joe signed Ryan on with his management company and moved him to Los Angeles and moved him into the Simpson home. So it wasn't because he was a disenfranchised kid or anything like that. It was just that Ryan was from Texas and that's where he met Joe. And of course, by this time, Jessica's career is blowing up. Ashley's starting her career. LA was the place to be. And so rather than just say to Ryan, hey, if you can make it out to LA, I'll be your manager. You know, that down-home Southern hospitality, Joe and Tina are just like, well, why don't you move in with us? And Ashley was still living with her parents at the time, therefore, Ashley and Ryan were living together. And I have to wonder, if Ashley and Ryan were living together for a year and a half, did they ever hook up? Did they ever date? Were they really just like brother and sister? If they really were just like brother and sister, did something naturally develop after that or whatever, because I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. I mean, Ashley dated a few different guys during the time that she was on 7th Heaven. So I don't know, just, and I think that is the time that Ryan lived in their house. I just think that's really interesting. Don't you think that's a weird dynamic if you're living in LA with your parents and trying to build your career and then this, cute young musician moves in I mean it's it's kind of a fun dynamic but I don't know I would have liked to see that reality show is all I'm saying So then they go down to Austin because Ryan has picked Ashley to be in his music video and I'm sure he picked her and it was not Joe demanding that (laughs) Ashley be in the video.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't him like sending updated photos of Ashley to Ryan and being like, look how hot my daughter is, like, which is totally something he would do.
0: (laughs) Right. No, no, no. That's not what this was. Um, Nothing weird. No, no, there's never anything weird with Joe. It's all on the up and up. (laughs) So Ashley has a very early call time Which she's 19 so this is like made into a whole thing And she's all like stressed out about her look And it's (sighs) funny because she's so made up And she isn't usually like that on this show And I was just like whoa Like sometimes I forget how much she looks like Jessica (laughs) You know I was like she really looks very glam Jessica in this scene Yeah And she has crimped hair (laughs) and ashley's like i don't like my hair and tina is like totally lying and saying like i don't know i can't tell you what to do i don't i don't know i don't know honey i can't tell you what to do with your hair and ashley's like well yeah you can like you tell you tell me what to do all the time like you're always in me and jessica's faces telling us what to do so what should I do about my hair? It was like the one time she wanted Joe or Tina's opinion. Tina was just like, well, I don't know, baby.
2: Which is so funny. (laughs) And also whenever I was watching that, um, my boyfriend couldn't hear Tina talking and he was like, who is that she sounds so country and I was like oh that's Ashley's mom and I was like oh no I said oh that's Tina and he was like who's Tina and I was like oh sorry you know you're not a a person like me who would know what Ashley Simpson's mom is named um who is
0: Tina queen of the world
2: (laughs) I was like that's that's Ashley and Jessica's mom duh (laughs) she's so country oh my gosh I love it though that accent that accent is really endearing to me
0: it's perfect i just like my fantasy is for um like lynn spears and tina (laughs) to be like having a conversation about like all of the criticism i mean tina doesn't get as much but like you know well britney just wanted to get up on that stage and dance there was nothing i can do oh jessica was the same way since we were little you know like all of that kind of
2: stuff (laughs) yeah it would be just like that (laughs) Assuming Lynn Spears isn't, like, arrested for, you know, stealing her daughter's money or whatever. Um, you know, if she's if she's vindicated, they should definitely get together and um, just have a little chat. Like, a red table talk.
0: I know. And, like, I don't know. I know that this probably sounds so naive. But I've always had, like, I, I feel like Lynn Spears isn't as bad as people say. And I don't know why. I just feel like there's something about her that... I believe more than other people I know that other people are always like she's the devil like she's not any better than her dad or anything like that but I don't know it could just be like the doe eyes and like the sweet southern accent I don't know
2: (laughs) yeah I mean and the thing is is I you know I told you I'm from rural Arkansas so I understand like the south and how there's a you know those sort of like really heavy gender roles still in place and a lot of, you know, misguided biblical principles that kind of, uh, you know, intercept culture, influence culture. And I think that Lynn, and this is a personal opinion, and this is all alleged. So just, you know, no one sue me or whatever. I think Lynn um, still felt like that sort of secondary position to her husband, right? Like she was a wife, even if they got divorced Mm -hmm. and just kind of, was didn't want to rock the boat and so she let things happen even if she wasn't directly involved in them she was complicit you know that's my personal opinion and I think that was because of uh, I think it's a product of how women especially women of you know that generation in the south who are you know in like religious communities Mm -hmm. how they how they um you know were socialized to be and how they thought they had to be right don't challenge your husband don't do this don't do that and um anyway that's a whole other tangent but i think that there's probably a lot of goodness to her um mm-hmm. and i think that but like like everybody we're multifaceted and she's She was capable, whether it was direct or not, of letting bad things happen around her.
0: Yeah, I I totally see that. And I I totally see what you're saying. I think that she looked the other way on a lot of things. And I think she was just used to being that demure person that was just like... Okay, like I'll just go with it. These these people seem to know what they're doing, so whatever, you know. But I do think, and I and I know again, like people think I'm silly or or whatever for saying this, but the narrative was always like, well, Britney was always just so driven. Even when she was little, she wanted to be on stage, she wanted to sing, she wanted to dance, she didn't want to do normal things. Like we didn't push her, we didn't force her, we weren't stage parents. Like, yes, they were stage parents because like look look what she was doing and how far she got. Like they definitely like joe i think maybe they played a little bit of the like oh we don't even know what we're doing all of a sudden she just has a record deal i don't know i do think they played that a little bit but i also feel like the fire that Brittany had in her eyes at the beginning and the the drive that you could clearly see like i kind of buy that she was the driving force behind most of it like i don't think they were pulling her on stage kicking and screaming
2: yeah i can see both i mean Brittany definitely had the drive. And I think that's the same with Jessica, right? Like Jessica was always performing, whether it was church or, you know, at school. And, uh, you know, she wanted to continue in that. And Brittany, the same way. And I think that whenever you're whenever you're young, you know, whenever you're a teenager and you don't really know what the world is like yet, of course you're going to be driven because you're told all the time you can be whatever you want to be, right? People tell you that. Um not everybody gets that uh, messaging, but I know that a lot of people who, um, you know, are growing up in suburbia or a small town with, you know, supportive people around them say that. I think that can also be damaging too, right? Because it's like, oh, I can be. And then um, if they do and they become that pop star, it's like, oh, I became this thing. And then their whole dynamic changes with their family and the people around them, right? And then money gets involved. And so I think that it's a I think that it's a very layered thing that happened with both Brittany and Jessica and um, because of their family structures and, you know, people make decisions and Joe made plenty. <laughs> right. um, so I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's nuanced for sure
0: there's so much to it. We could talk about this for like an hour by itself. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, right? I have a I have a degree in um pop starology, so yeah, this is this is my dissertation.
0: Perfect, honestly. <laughs> Ashley is like, "Oh, I think I should wash my hair," which is crazy to me that she's getting ready for a music video and she decides to wash her hair like they couldn't just straighten it or whatever. Like, was there a professional there?
2: No. It was just her and her mom and whoever else was sitting there.
0: Okay, because I knew there was other yeah. people in the room. I just didn't know if they were helping or if they were just hanging on.
2: Well, if they were a professional and they just let everything happen that happened, then they needed to be fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Ashley's so overdramatic. Like, she's oh washing her God. hair and she's like, that was such a disaster. And I'm like, why? <laughs>
2: just put your head under a sink and or the faucet or whatever. And also she was like, my head's going to fall off. Do you remember that? <laughs>
0: Yeah and she said her head ended up in the toilet I was like when <laughs> I was like you are Fine <laughs> like Like let's move on Um, So yeah Then they are doing The video and I remember seeing this when I was younger when this originally aired and I was just like in awe of her.
1: You're doing this one scene where we were walking down the street and I told Dean I was like Dean I'm gonna do something don't tell Ryan so we're walking down the street and I jump on his back and then I'm like no you jump on my back and then all of a sudden I threw him against the wall and started kissing him
0: and I was like whoa like I would never ever 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 be able to do that.
2: You said that's a woman right there.
0: (laughs) I was like, she is grown and she knows what she deserves in life. And that is to just like, get this guy have him just be head over heels like and then you you know and then she's like oh his face like he you know and she like makes the face that he made or whatever and then they act like they they try to film this or edit this as if and the director's part of it too cuz he keeps like commenting on it but um they try to make it seem like after that all Ashley and Ryan do is make out the whole day
2: Yep which <laughs> is so weird
0: Yeah just the idea and there's some of this stuff later too but just the idea that like there's these older people that are making this series and they're just like filming this teenager making out and making it this like big focus of the episode. I was like eh.
2: Yeah, and just watching just them watching it. Look.
0: No. Yeah.
2: yeah. It makes it, it makes you really reevaluate what was going on um and you know in Hollywood at the time. I mean even now, but still back then.
0: Woo. Yeah. And of course Ashley says the famous last words that you always say before you start dating a guy, which is, he's like my dorky brother, you know? I
1: was like a little nervous because he's like my dorky brother that I go rollerblading with and all that kind of stuff.
2: Ashley, how do you feel about what just happened to you?
1: So good. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But after that, you know, kind of like, Broke the barrier
0: And she said after they kissed in the video It caused all of this tension And I didn't know what to do Because he's my brother But we're still making out She's like two weeks later We're still making out And then they show this montage Of them being cute together Which was clearly planned This was not them just hanging out Especially I know this Especially from watching newlyweds Because they'll do a bunch of montages On newlyweds of like right now what we're doing is the episodes with Casey. So it's like all of them hanging out together or in Casey against Nick. And you can tell that it's all natural stuff. Like they're really just following them around everywhere and they're picking these clips out. But this to me, I don't know how you saw it, but it just seemed very much like they were like, okay, we need to get these shots of you guys being like cute and funny.
2: You know what it reminded me of? I thought a lot about um, dating shows whenever they do a six months later thing and they like have them sit on a couch and like if they're if they're still dating they're like all over each other or they're like they get b-roll of them just canoodling around wherever they're filming that's exactly Mm -hmm. what it felt like
0: yeah it just didn't feel natural and then we get back to the actual interesting part of the episode which is that she's recording with John Shanks, who worked on Michelle Branch's first two albums, he worked with Sheryl Crow, Kelly Clarkson, Miley, Nelly Furtado, Westlife, Goo Goo Dolls, very, very, very successful writer and producer. And Ashley, like Jessica, she just puts it all out there, breaks the ice. She's like, sorry, I'm late. She wanted to go to the (laughs) mall. She didn't even do. So I don't know why she was late, but she wanted to go to the mall, but she didn't. And the reason why she wanted to go is because she ran out of underwear because I'm guessing she doesn't do her laundry. So (laughs) Um, she said that she's wearing underwear from when she was 12.
2: When she came out and just said that, I was like, oh, girl, no, like, don't don't tell that to this grown man. That's weird.
0: It is weird, especially because when they're recording. Yeah. Later, this is like such a me too thing and after I saw this scene, I actually googled John Shanks sexual misconduct because I was curious if anybody had ever come forward and said that he made them uncomfortable because he made me uncomfortable.
2: He made me uncomfortable and I'm a man, you know. I wouldn't even have to be in that situation and I was so grossed out.
0: Yeah. So, I'll play the clip or maybe I won't because it's gross, but he says to her, uh he's like even if you weren't good, I still would work with you because you're so hot. Yep. It's so uncomfortable. It's so inappropriate. She's 19 years old. When I was looking him up, I saw that he was married in '94. So he was already married for like 10 years at this point. And he's clearly putting it out there to Ashley, like in front of the cameras and in front of everybody. And this is the audacity of powerful white men, right? They're just in front of everyone. They don't care. He's definitely like letting her know that if she wants to hook up, he probably would.
2: And I don't think it's even he probably would. He would. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm being nice, but.
2: Yeah. You don't have to be nice. It was really skeevy.
0: It was so skeevy. Allegedly for entertainment purposes only. I feel like he maybe (laughs) has done this to other women. Like, I don't know. It was just really, it made me so uncomfortable.
2: He has to have, you know. Ugh. And it just makes you wonder what they edited out. Because if he was willing to just say that on camera, what else did he say?
0: I know. What did he say when there were no cameras? I don't know Yeah I mean I was glad to see that Nothing came up when I googled that But Mm -hmm. it was just I don't know like I wouldn't be surprised obviously So they're working on Surrender which I completely agree with You it's one of my favorite Ashley Songs especially the lyrics And then I noticed that For this part Which this is like before the edit That comes in from Jordan They she's recording This part she's singing like come on come on come on let go come on let's go which didn't end up in the final and I'm kind of happy that it didn't it just I don't know like I think the final is so tight and like perfect
2: I yeah I didn't like that bit at all um and I didn't remember that 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 had happened and they cut that out uh so yes I was really I was really um relieved that they did I mean I already knew that that they did obviously because I know the song but it was like you guys made a smart choice good for you
0: she gets this feedback from Jordan, which is this guy is talking to her about it. And it's like, I don't know why Jordan didn't talk to Ashley directly and why she's getting this like secondhand interpretation of what he said. Because the guy's like, Oh, Jordan said that you should sound prettier. And Ashley is already paranoid that it's too pop. And that continued like there's multiple other times that I've heard her say Oh Surrender is like more pop but the rest of the album is more rock and stuff She was really paranoid about first of all sounding like Jessica And I think second of all sounding like Hilary Duff or Avril or any of the other girls that were out at the time
1: that, um, I'm just so confused by, like, his vision, because I don't want to be Hillary Duff. Yeah, I'm not going to do I, it. I don't want to do it. I don't him, think you know? he's saying that. You know, he said to me, this sounds like garbage. Not garbage, but the band garbage. Right. I, I would have thought, well, that's probably good. There's no reason why you can't, you know, go into that office and sit down with him and, and just talk about, right. you know, who you are and what you want to sound like and what you don't want to be. And, the crazy thing is we've done that. We mm-hmm. just got through I mean, I feel like I can do it over and over, and then i really bring him a song and he says no and he wants songs like Unreasonable. so you know then I bring you a Bobby song and then no this is too rock I just don't know what you want me to I'm not going to sing pop pop music I don't want to be my sister right and I made that very clear and he made it very clear that he loved you know I don't think anybody is going to want you to do that to be somebody else I'm not sure exactly what he's saying right you know I don't really exactly know what exactly wasn't right
0: Ashley cries and calls her mom and is really mad and everything. But then later on, Jordan says it was just a miscommunication. And he loves the song, but still you need to change it. So I don't know. like, What was your interpretation of all of that?
2: It made no freaking sense. Yeah. I think that what she interpreted was what he meant. I think that he, um, when she didn't react well to what he said, he was like, well, I'm still going to make you do this thing, but I'm going to act like I'm not saying that, right? It didn't line up.
0: Yeah, it it kind of read to me like, she's young. Let me try to just make her happy, but she's still going to do what I want in the end.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there was one little moment, though, where Ashley was talking when she was upset on the phone. And she was like, I could just be like doing movies or whatever, but I wanted to do this. I was like, okay, girl, go off.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, she actually says, because I wrote this down, she says um, she could be making movies, but she's giving that all up for him.
2: Mm. I didn't catch the for him part
0: Yeah, I was like, it's not really for him I mean, he's definitely going to benefit from this album being a huge success But, like, you're building your own career, girl Like, this is a huge opportunity, you know No offense, but Seventh Heaven is not exactly the best thing in the world to be a part of So, like
2: Yeah, and your cameo in that movie, The Hot Chick (laughs) Where you're just the friend
0: Yeah, and she plays a character named Monique (laughs)
2: she um would she just like walks around in that movie
0: i feel like possibly this role was gotten through joe's connections only and a woman of color was supposed to be in this role but um you know that's how hollywood works that's why we're that's why everybody's trying to change things now um so that's a good example of that as is the whole john shanks well you're so hot kind of thing yep yes so much awkwardness She also leans into the whole I'm not Jessica thing again And she even says, I'm not going to be Jessica I've never liked that type of music (laughs) Which is just like, I'm sure Jessica knows that Ashley was never into bubblegum pop And Jessica didn't even want to be making that music anyway but I just think it's funny that Ashley was like her backup dancer and everything and that's her sister and she's just like I have never been into that I'm just pissed off at Jordan because you know what I'm
1: not gonna do I'm not gonna do a record like he wants me to do it I mean and you can tell him I mean I'll tell him to his face I'm not doing a record with you I'm out if you're gonna make me do a cheesy album he's so worried that it's not gonna be a huge hit it's just frustrating because I know that I can go do movies and stuff like that and it's not even I don't know and I'm giving all that for him, so I wish he would just. Ooh. And I won't be. I won't be like Jessica. I'm not. I don't. I've, I've never liked that kind of music. I'm never gonna do that kind of music. i, I I'm out. I'm out. If he's gonna have me do something I don't wanna do, I don't wanna have a record then.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, dear. When she said that, you know, what What do you think Jessica feels? I mean, with shadow and with comments like that that I'm sure Ashley made all the time and Jessica was already struggling with her whole career and trying to be authentic. I just I just wonder how she interpreted that. She doesn't really talk about it often.
0: I know I say that all the time on this podcast. I wish that she wrote more about Ashley in her book. And I think that she didn't because Ashley was... Against it because I just don't, it just seems so strange. Everything that Jessica left out and how she really only mentions Ashley a few times. And it just seems like there's definitely a story there, especially because we never got the primetime interview where they interview like Joe and Tina and Ashley and Jessica separately. They did an A True Hollywood story, but I needed more. Like, I just want to know more about their dynamic and all the feelings there.
2: I mean, you can't help but think that there's bad blood between them.
0: I think it's probably just like any other sister relationship. There's probably things they absolutely adore about each other. And there's also things that are complicated. And then you add on the show business aspect and it just makes things so much more complicated. I think it's really interesting that we were talking before about Mad TV. Yeah, Ashley had her SNL moment, but Jessica might feel like, well, at least you were asked to be on SNL, you know?
2: Right, which it, it is surprising. I guess I have never really thought about that. Ashley got SNL. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that happened with Ashley so fast. I'm sure you remember how quickly this all happened where nobody really even knew anything about her aside from she's Jessica's sister, if you even knew her as that. And then all of a sudden she has this number one album within a few months.
2: Yeah, that it is pretty wild. And and then how quickly the fall from grace happened too. It was just as quick, you know, uh, interesting moment in in pop culture.
0: So interesting. I mean, that's why I'm here.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's why we need the sleuths to be in your DMs a little bit more because we need answers. Okay. This is this is an official call. If you have any industry connections who were working around this time and know about the Simpson family, this is the time, everyone. Okay. It's time to spill the beans. We are ready. Um, we're going to receive it gracefully so um, you know okay I'm ready that that's that's gonna be it Leah like they're gonna come running
0: thank you so much yeah it just (laughs) it just
2: took me you know um, I'm kind of a big deal so I'm joking I I would love for anyone to give me any morsel of information
0: it's the Jesse effect you know
2: yeah it hasn't worked for 30 years but maybe it'll start now.
0: (laughs) hey you never know Okay, so one thing I actually liked that Jordan said was Ashley's like, oh, I'm on a new diet, and he just goes, why? And I thought that was so vital and important because Ashley had an eating disorder in her younger years. She was a ballerina, and obviously Jessica has had an eating disorder on and off her entire life.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that was a big part of the criticism from Tommy Matola was like, oh, yeah, you look great, but you need to be even skinnier or you look great, but I think you could have washboard abs. And here Ashley has a guy who gets like, okay, this isn't going to be about your body. I just thought his reaction was so genuine. And so it was right away like he didn't miss a beat. Like she said, I'm on a new diet. And he was just like, why?
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, that is really positive. I don't, what did she say in response? I don't remember.
1: I'm on a new diet.
2: Why?
1: It's the Atkins diet. But I'm doing it so, like, whenever my record comes out and stuff, I can just feel free to show whatever I feel like showing. Well, not like that. I mean, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, Let's vote on that. You know, it's about feeling
0: confident in your outfit, even if it's not showing anything. <laughs> Well, she was talking about how she just wanted to feel comfortable, like, in the outfits that she was going to wear. And it seemed like, I can't remember exactly, but Joe reacted in a weird way. Like, he cringed a little bit like she was going to be naked or something like that. And she was like, no, no, no. It's just you want to feel comfortable in your clothes no matter what.
2: Interesting. I wonder if there was something that we missed in that conversation as well that might have been edited out.
0: Yeah, and I do think it's interesting how, like, Ashley did end up losing... A lot of weight after this era She's basically always been super super skinny Not that she was I mean obviously she's like Skinny but I feel like She got even skinnier in The later years and like even up to today Jessica was really honest about the fact that She still has tons of body issues When she had her baby she wouldn't let her husband see her Without clothes on which was like heartbreaking And I feel like Unfortunately it's just a symptom Of being a pop star And being any kind of female celebrity in this business so i was happy that at least like one person was just like "Ah, you know like you don't need to be on a diet
2: yeah absolutely so i mean if he's gonna say positive anything positive i'm glad it was that
0: so then she goes to hang out with ryan Or they're showing a clip of her with Ryan and he's going on tour and Ashley is trying to figure out when she's going to go see him. And they start joking around. She's like, oh, I'll go visit you in this city and I'll stay with Greg. And then when I visit you in this city, I'll stay with (laughs) so-and-so, like whatever. And then he retaliates and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I have girls in every city too. So like, you know, I'll put you down (laughs) for Austin, which I thought was kind of funny.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I, this is so, not important but I was wondering is she still friends with these people that she's naming I really wondered that whenever she was talking about (laughs) that
0: (laughs) right because it didn't seem like they were real people
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely and speaking of Ryan on tour can I tell you a quick story yes so I saw the um oh gosh Nick Lachey's like little tour thing that he did where he got dream he got 98 degrees in dream and um O Town and Ryan Cabrera together and they toured. It was like a Pop 2K tour or something like that. So I won tickets to see that. Ooh. And um, I was really excited because I really loved the girl group Dream. And um, O Town was actually my first concert. So I was excited to see them as an adult again, just to have a full circle moment. Um, And Ryan Cabrera, of course, was on the tour, as I mentioned, and he started. And it was so bad. Oh, no. And I, always thought, I don't know. He, I always thought he had a great voice, but maybe he was having an off night, but he didn't sound good. He was really pitchy and, you know, not really hitting the notes and just it seemed really off. And I was sad because this was him, his chance to like tour again and everything, you know, and mm-hmm. it wasn't good and it makes me sad. And that's not like me knocking him. I just like hope that he's, you know, still got it, you know, and like life has been good to him.
0: I feel like he's doing pretty well now. I mean, he's engaged in everything. He seems to be really happy.
2: That's good. Yeah. But I just – yeah, that that moment was really interesting. It was surprising, I would say.
0: (laughs) How was Dream? Because I freaking loved Dream.
2: Well, first of all, let me tell you. um, No one was there to see them. They were all there to see 98 Degrees, whatever. I was (laughs) fully prepared to see Dream. Of course. And – like everybody around me was sitting down and I yeah. So they um you know, they had they had He Loves You Not. They also had the second single, This Is Me. And they did a remix of This Is Me. And I listen to that remix still to this day all the time. I think that remix is so good. And not like a not like a, you know, eight minute long like EDM type of remix. It it was like one of those like reimagined like Mariah Carey style remixes. Mm-hmm. and it's amazing and whenever they were playing that show they started singing this is me and then they transitioned to the remix in the middle of the song and I stood up and screamed and they didn't even like dim the lights for them in this theater right so they didn't oh really God. have like the same type of mood as 90 degrees had and so I'm like you know in a semi well-lit Place theater with no one else standing around me and losing my mind and like popping my ass to this song from 2001.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. No, I feel so bad for them because can you imagine like you're in a room where 98 degrees is the more beloved person?
2: Yeah. And they were crushing it too. They were, they still had it. They were hitting choreography. Their voices sounded amazing. I was so glad to see them just do so well. And I'm sure they were probably, you know, well received in uh, certain places or whatever. But they only had one album, and you know, they were uh, a P Diddy, uh, you know, whole group, and you know, he likes to ruin groups of people. So,
0: okay, can I tell you, I still listen to "It Was All a Dream." Like, I really love that album.
2: Oh yeah, it's so good. It's good. It's a, it's a, it's a great pop album.
0: I agree. If any of you guys out there remember, "He Loves You Not," "This Is Me." And you didn't hear that album, please go listen to it right now. It's on Spotify. I listen to it so like – I listen to it as much as any of the other B-C-list pop act or maybe more. Like I think it's better than – I think it's better than a lot of them.
2: Yeah, me too. They Yeah, there's some good album cuts on that one that deserved more.
0: Completely agree. So then they go back in the studio to fix Surrender. And speaking of manifesting, John Shanks is like – Ladies and gentlemen, number one for 47 weeks, Surrender, (laughs) which like, obviously this manifestation somehow failed because they didn't release this as a single, which was so stupid.
2: I agree. This would have crushed as a single.
0: Yeah, basically, I could make the argument for almost any song on this album that could have been a single, maybe, except giving it all away. But, like... Oh,
2: thank you. Yes. I mean, like,
0: I I love that song, but it's not a single. But, like, basically any of the other songs I could see as a single. And I could see in, like, her doing a music video and all of that. But Surrender specifically, it just seems like it's so of the time, but it also still, I feel like, resonates now. Like, I feel like if this song was released now, like, it would not do bad.
2: <laughs> I agree. I, I, you know, I often am curious about how single choices are made and wish that sometimes some of these artists would have, you know, thought about a different option.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean I really could I with with uh I am me too. Like I just I, I'm like I could really write a strongly worded letter to whoever made these decisions cuz I just don't agree. <laughs> There's yeah. so many good songs that she couldn't have had as singles. I'm like, ugh.
2: What's your standout from I Am Me?
0: I mean, everything, (laughs) but like, I love Dancing Alone. Yeah. And I really love, even though I think the title is cheesy, beautifully broken, I really love the lyrics. I think that it's a better recovery song than Catch Me When I Fall, even though I really like that song too. But I think like, if you're going to have a song that's like, this particular incident really messed with me. And I'm gonna rise from the ashes I really like the concepts that she's talking about in that song Of like, every day I get another chance You know, you can always turn it around I believe in myself, it's gonna be fine And I love how she says she has nothing left to hide Because I think that that's so That's something that I think is really interesting about being a celebrity Is these people literally Yes, they have fame and fortune, whatever But I mean, the amount of insane things that we know about them Or that we've witnessed like I can't believe that Brittany even has the strength to get out of bed with how low everybody's seen her, and not just it's not like they saw her get into a situation where her mental health was not good, and that led to some really negative situations in her life. It wasn't like the reaction to that was, oh honey, we're gonna take care of you. It's okay. It was look at this disgusting failure she's lost it all. she's the American tragedy and all of that stuff like I just like I just love a good um. Fuck you. Like, I'm going to be fine. I've, you know, it's all been out on the table already. So what What else can you do to me?
2: Yeah. I feel like when if you're a pop star of this era and you had any sort of controversy that you had to come back, especially as a woman, you had to be a phoenix, right? You had to learn how to reinvent yourself and and figure it out especially because you could do nothing and it could be something else outside of your control that affected you and you're automatically written off but if you were a man you can kind of do whatever the hell you want and people will still buy your albums right
0: I know I try to like because sometimes I feel like the question of like well can Lindsay Lohan ever be a respected actress again I remember thinking one time well you know I feel like if she really 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 wanted to and she really she really would have to align with the exact right movie or something and I feel like it would have to be a dramatic indie movie that's like an Oscar contender and she would have to have a small part where she's not the focus of it because it can't be like the Lindsay Lohan movie or everybody's just gonna trash it and it's like Robert Downey Jr. was so much worse And like I'm a fan of his I think he's really talented And I think he deserved his comeback But people somehow forget Like when I tell people this They're shocked Because the general public does not remember That like he was once so high and messed up That he snuck into a random person's house And slept in their child's bed Imagine And this was like what 99 Like he was already very famous for years Thankfully the child wasn't in the bed at the time I mean imagine like someone intrudes in your house And you're terrified and you, like, find them in your kid's bed and it's Robert Downey Jr.
2: I I can't imagine that because that is so absurd. It doesn't seem like a real thing. But, yeah, you're right. The the public kind of, like, collectively forgot about that.
0: He's richer than... Like anybody else in Hollywood, like he, because of all the franchising and all the merchandise and all of the back end yeah. and all of that kind of stuff, I've seen figures and stuff online, but like I've basically had people in the industry tell me that it's like even more than anybody knows. And like you would just start crying if you knew the numbers that just passively go into his account like all the time. And I'm just thinking, like, that's wonderful. I'm not mad about it. But if you compare a situation like that to like somebody like Lindsay, who really should be able to okay maybe she's not going to be whatever equivalent of iron man is but she should have some chance to not have to hide away in greece and you know what i mean or wherever she is right now it just makes me really sad
2: and do like the lawyers.com endorsement that she did a few years ago or whatever that was really weird do you you see that whenever she was working with lawyers.com
0: no but what
2: So a few years back, um, she became like the face, you know, we were talking about that sort of like a brand ambassador, whatever, the face of Mm -hmm. lawyers.com, which first of all, that's already bizarre. Um, And I think it was kind of a funny, like, ha ha. She's been to court so many times. Um, And so she did these really cheesy ads for them. And there was one and she had a stain on her shirt, like a visible stain on her shirt.
0: Oh my God.
2: And I was like, did no one, and I'm not even thinking, it's not even like, wow, Lindsay's a slob. It's like, people get stains on their shirt. That's fine. That's normal. But like, could someone catch that? You're filming her.
0: Yeah. It kind of seems like they just let it go on purpose because it would get press.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it just, those little moments uh, just really show the, um, the lack of equity in, you know, in that industry. And, you know, I think about, like Robert Downey Jr. I think about even someone like Robin Thicke. I watched The Masked Singer, okay? I'm a I'm a big Masked Singer fan, and he's a panelist or a judge or whatever on there. And he has all of these domestic abuse allegations against him, and he had that really terrible public divorce with his ex-wife, wrote like an album for her that was really weird um, when he wanted to get her back. And he did a lot of terrible things, And now he's on this, you know, primetime family show, judging people dancing around in costumes, right? It's like, what's going to give?
0: It's really strange how some some of the white men now have, have actually been called out, but then there's some that for some reason, I feel like everybody knows about these things, but people just ignore it. And I don't know if it's somebody behind the scenes is getting paid off or something like that, but it just seems to me like there's this selection process that happens, and I don't understand how or why.
2: Me neither. It's very, it's very cherry-picked, and there's not really a pattern, so... I, I've been trying to see if there are parallels between you know the the different situations which this occurs where there's a you know a rise to prominence again from someone who did something terrible and then other people who get cancelled and i'm not i'm not finding the parallels I don't really know what determines when that can happen for someone
0: yes it is a mystery <laughs> but obviously we've gone off the rails again because I could just talk to you forever but <laughs> um but basically the last thing that that happens is this surrender montage and then Ashley says that John is going to be producing her whole album. So basically like this song was so good and everybody loved it that it ended up that they worked together on the whole album and I'm really happy even though he is creepy because obviously it's one of my favorite albums of all time. So
2: Can we talk about the montage though? She's like we've become really close and she was like hugging him and I don't remember if that was, a, you know, earlier in the episode or if it was at the end, but it really also skeeved me out again.
0: <laughs> it totally did, and if you compare it to, in the other two episodes, Steve Fox, who she works with all the time, they seem like they have a really close bond. Like I said, it seems like they've been friends forever, and in their interactions, I don't get any creepiness. I don't get the sense that he was trying to sleep with her at all, like he seems like her genuine friend and so I wonder if that was like I wonder if Ashley would actually admit or say there was definitely a difference between this person who I had a genuine bond with and then this other person that it was like okay he's talented go work with him but it was uncomfortable to be alone with him like she was probably happy that there were cameras there
2: yeah yeah that's a good point and i think like regardless of whether they were paint- the men and you know that were working with her were painted in a good light or not on the episode i just felt like grossed out just visiting this this part of pop culture again anyway because of everything that's gone down and also how young ashley was and how uh, i don't want to say that joe would ever put them in like super compromising positions but he put them in in you know situations like working with tommy matola that damaged them right Mm -hmm. so just like I don't know I'm just like looking at every man and (laughs) side-eyeing them
0: oh totally I used to I'm a performer and I you know my dad used to forbid me from like doing the things that I wanted to do with film and tv and stuff he only would let me do dance recitals and and stuff because he was like kids should not be in movies and working kids should be outside playing and i remember at the time i was like my dad is ruining my life blah blah blah. and now that i'm older and i see all this shit that went down i'm like "Mm, okay so i'm really thankful that my dad was my dad and not a jamie spears or something like that
2: yeah you're like dad you had a point huh
0: i could have been lizzie mcguire but whatever
2: (laughs) that would have been incredible
0: i'm just kidding i wouldn't want to deprive the world of hillary
2: thank you for that thank you for your sacrifice um and you're also now a real life princess and so that's okay
0: exactly we all have our paths
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so that's the episode and this is the part when we get into the fashion of the episode so this episode is like whiplash it's like so hard (laughs) to even notice for more than 10 seconds what she's wearing because she's wearing something else right away um but was there any fashion that stood out to you in this episode
2: whenever she was uh getting ready for the video and she was getting her hair done uh, what was she wearing can you remind me
0: it was a khaki utility button-up shirt
2: yes that that stood out to me (laughs) the the um like military style influence that Mm -hmm. was really prevalent at this time um I like that really triggered something in my brain like oh my gosh I forgot that this was such a thing that people did at that time
0: Mm -hmm. and all of the like oh this is where we get to see the green converse that she would wear all the time too she wore them with like every outfit no matter what colors that she was wearing
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love that
0: Me too. It was definitely one of her trademarks. And then just she would go to a meeting wearing a very ill fitting blazer or like an oversized hoodie or something. And I'm just thinking about, you know, Jessica probably took three hours to get ready for each meeting that she went on when she was in the beginning of her career. And Ashley's barely made it on time. Dirty sweatshirt doesn't (laughs) fit. She's just like, I don't care.
2: And like, throws on, you know, some low rise cargo pants and calls it a day. Right.
0: Right. And I also, there's a lot of like polo shirts. She wears a Mm -hmm. ton of striped stuff in the entire series. It's like, I can barely see straight because of all the stripes. Um, And at the end, (sighs) she's wearing that green and yellow striped shirt that has like a face on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the other thing with all the shirts, the style this time, which she did this in the episode two, it's like kind of a midriff shirt, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not like a crop top. It's like just show a little bit of like belly underneath the belly button.
0: Yeah. That was very pointedly like, well, I'm not Jessica, so I don't have to follow those pop star rules, but I'm going to show a little bit of it because it was just that time that like- yeah. Everybody was showing their. Thank God that's over, by the way. If you had one burrito, you were screwed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and um, I'm just like, I feel like I'm a bloated person 247, so (laughs) that would not have worked well for me.
0: Well, it's just crazy to think about. People like Brittany and even Jessica made it look so easy and whatever, but being in an outfit with those low-rise pants and a crop top and just having your belly out all day and you're working. Like you're not at the beach hanging out relaxing. You're working and you're on display like that at all times. That's so uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, that is exhausting because think about how much mental energy you're devoting to what that like three-inch strip of skin that you're showing looks like right how can you focus
0: exactly I feel like this whole thing happening now with Megan Fox it's it's very 2000s to me because it basically just seems like all based on look at Megan Fox isn't she hot and really nothing else except being someone's girlfriend and I'm just like if she's really comfortable with that obviously there's nothing wrong with just being popular for your looks or whatever but It just seems like there's more to her. And I felt like there was this era for a while where she was talking about how a lot of that was put on her and she wasn't comfortable with it. And like, she's not comfortable being out there like that. And now it just seems like she's leaning into it really hard. And it reminds me of the 2007 and before type of era. Are you like Mm -hmm. getting that at all? Or are you just living for it? Because I feel like I'm in the minority.
2: I'm not not living for it just because I think that Megan Fox is really cool and seeing her you know have this resurgence if we're talking about her specifically is awesome but I did and I and I've talked about this with people I'm like well what what is she like doing right now is she just how did she just like start coming around again is and and yeah if it's fully focused on just because she's hot and someone's girlfriend like that sucks
0: I know that's what I feel is like it's really strange because I feel like the younger people don't even know that she's like a movie star and that she had a legit movie and tv career and she was in a bunch of things and she was like yeah she was hot like that was definitely part of what she was right is that she was hot but she also was a legit movie star it's funny that she's always with courtney because she definitely wasn't considered famous for being famous she was a famous actress you know
2: yeah and she um well the thing that is funny though is that jennifer's body has kind of seen like a a cult following resurgence with you know gen z and and you Know people younger than us, and I wonder if maybe that has to do with it. Um, I don't know if uh, you know that generation like knows about you know Transformers in the way that it was such a big deal at the time, um, and some of the other things that she did. But Jennifer's body is a thing,
0: yeah. I'm so happy it's a thing now because I love Diablo Cody and
2: yeah. That-
0: that whole era I loved Juno like I know some people find it annoying I think it's such a good movie it makes me cry
2: I loved Juno and I love a movie that knows that it's not good because it makes it better like, are you like about, you know, Jennifer's body Jennifer's
0: bo- okay Jennifer's body yeah I, t- I totally agree and I love I think her and uh, Amanda Seyfried are so 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 good together in that like they have such good chemistry it's like perfect
2: yeah and I think like it doesn't take itself seriously and so it's camp right and so it's not like it's necessarily a bad movie but it's not trying to be some like super quality Oscar winning film it, it's just being exactly what it is and that makes it camp
0: right yeah, I guess I just thought of it because this whole topic with her, like I know we're off topic, but whatever Um, This is, this came into my mind with this whole discussion of like showing the belly and everything Because I felt like today, uh, you saw, did you see that the skim, there's like a skims ad now with the two of them? No Oh, you didn't? No <laughs> Okay, so Courtney and Megan did a very overtly sexual <laughs> skims Campaign, I guess. And it just to me is very like, I don't, I feel like I don't even want to say this because I feel like I sound like such a hater. I feel like I'm like, you know, sitting on my couch eating ice cream with like unwashed hair, being like, that's stupid. But I, (laughs) it just reeks of like early 2000s. Uh, we have to keep this attention up. We have to keep this, this success up. Okay. Like you need to get into this underwear now and touch each other. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't feel authentic to me at all, especially because courtney and megan both but especially courtney like courtney was always talking about how she's the one who out of the kardashians who doesn't really want to be famous and she doesn't want to work all the time and she doesn't want all this attention the way that kim wants all this attention and i'm like girl you've got your hands all over megan fox in the skims ad so i don't know what you're talking about
2: yeah and you know i think it strikes the the question of is this A liberation moment or are they feeling like this is what they need to do to make money and that that could be a form of liberation in itself you know i I, i'm not going to speak for anyone and how they choose to show their body or not but um it is i think it's always something to be considered because of the nature of the industry right
0: Totally and that's what I was thinking too when I saw them how they're always kissing with their tongues out of their mouths (laughs) to seem it doesn't seem edgy and cool to me it seems like desperate and like I don't know like people that read it as edgy and cool I'm just like edgy and cool is someone who's like naturally cool who just is cool based on who they are not someone who's like oh there's camera on me I'm just gonna like make sure that everyone sees how sexy I am and how in love I am with my rockstar boyfriend. It just seems very, <laughs> it just seems on, so on the nose. I don't get it, but whatever. I'm glad people are enjoying it.
2: And I think the irony here is that they're both as individuals, super cool. I don't really like do the Kardashian thing, like no shade, whatever. I know people are really into it. It just isn't for me. And, um, you know, I haven't really, I've I've watched a couple of episodes of the show over the years, but not really religiously at all. Um, but I always thought that Courtney was my, she was always my favorite. She was always the one that seemed like she had the best head on her shoulders. Right. And like, if I were going to hang out with any of the Kardashians, it'd be her. And so I think she's independently cool and doesn't need to do anything. So yeah, it's, it's something to ponder.
0: I agree. And if anything is a PR relationship, I feel like that's what a PR relationship is when you're just so overtly like look at us look at us look at us put us in your magazine pay us for the campaign put us on the award show invite us to the red carpet we are going to give you something if you invite us if you hire us you're going to get something you're going to get attention it's not something to envy but i guess because they're they're very beautiful women it's like holding up something shiny in front of a baby
2: but the thing is you know if i get down to the bare bones of who i am and i had to do some let's say not, not like morally wrong, but kind of questionable things to, um, you know, up my fame. I'd probably do it. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love how you just leveled with everyone. Um...
2: I mean, I listen, if you um, – you and I are still getting to know each other, but one thing you'll learn about me is that um, I love attention. Shocker. And, you know, everything points to that. I'm a Leo – I'm this, <laughs> this, this add. and that. Yeah, I'm a Leo. I'm a double Leo, actually.
0: Ooh, love that.
2: Uh-huh. So there's a lot going on in here below <laughs> the surface. And so, you know, whenever I like look at celebrity culture and I poke fun at it and, you know, I and I even dissect it and try to speak intelligently about what's happening, I still think I'd probably do it too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's interesting too because we we all sit back and say, well, you should have released this single or you should have done this or why are they sticking their tongues out, whatever. And it's like, what would you really do in that scenario? Because it's so obtuse. You really can't even imagine what it would be like,
2: yeah, you know? I, I You're correct. I cannot. The, the closest <laughs> I've gotten to fame, let me think, aside from like a TikTok video doing well or something like that, um, I was on the local news a couple of times like does Ooh. that for I think it was for like a state testing whenever I was in high school and they were like they had nothing else going on for that news day so they came and they asked the students taking all the state testing about how they were feeling so you could say I've touched fame um and you're <laughs> right you know it's a,
0: it's a hard it's a, life. it's a
2: harrowing industry
0: <laughs> oh yes I've been on several uh crime reenactment shows and I just wish that the paparazzi would leave me alone, you know? It's I'm like sure invasive. that they're
2: beating down your door.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's the noise that you – I know that you've been wondering what that noise is. It is my fans, so.
2: Well, and thank you for clearing that up because I was about to call <laughs> Scooby to figure this out.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, okay, so did you have any other fashion moments that you wanted to uh, discuss or are we good on the fashion?
2: I, I I think that's it for me
0: I do think it was interesting that she had on During the Ryan Cabrera video It was very much like I'm a hot girl but I'm not going to Really show it I'm going to wear baggy pants And a beanie and I'm not going to be Jessica and Irresistible or anything But I am very irresistible Because <laughs> she had that big hat on With the big pom pom mm-hmm. And she had on jeans But they were gaucho jeans It was really weird but it was very Ashley
2: And the funny thing is, too, is like that was a whole – that was a whole subset of culture in itself, like dressing kind of like punk adjacent, right? You know, because that's whenever a lot of that music was out and this was like we were about to lead into like scene kid emo times and that was the hot girl thing to do. So while she was trying not to be a hot girl in the same way as Jessica, she was being a hot girl for a whole subset of other people.
0: Right. Totally. Totally. So, we have a rating system on this show. I know you've listened before, so you might be familiar. We don't do four out of five stars. We do four out of five cans of Chicken of the Sea. Yes. So, we take something from the episode and use that in our rating system. So, out of five, what would you give this episode and why?
2: Okay. I'm fully biased. I think that I... Most of the episode was just kind of like – the whole Ryan bit of it was filler. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But just because it was about surrender, I'm giving it – can I give half cans? Yes.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I'm giving it three and a half cans.
0: Oh, my God. I was going to give it three and a half too. We're aligned.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay, wow. That's actually really cool. I love that.
0: (laughs) I'm going to give it three and a half um, angry, teary phone calls to Tina – Because I love all of the record label stuff, the recording, meeting the producers, Ashley being a mess, but like we love her anyway, (laughs) all the different outfits, just so much. It's like PacSun and Zoomies just threw up all over her. Yeah. It's everything. And I don't, again, like you're saying, the Ryan stuff is filler. I don't really care about that. And we definitely get a point knocked off because of John being gross. And I just didn't need that. So.
2: Also, I said cans. I meant um, call Satina.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
2: Call Satina.
0: Call Satina. We love it. We love it. Um, well, thank you so much, Jesse, for being on. This was so much fun. I can't believe it's been an hour and 40 minutes. That flew by.
2: It really flew by, but this was super fun. You know, I love talking about Ashley. Um, I've reviewed her albums before on other podcasts and, you know, I, I'm a big fan. So I hope that that comes through and, you know, the people who your devoted, you know, listeners who, um, you know, tune in whenever you're recording uh, about Ashley and Jessica know that I really do love both of them. And that if they want to be in community with me too, that they should follow me on stuff and we can chat about, um, you know, the best Simpson sisters.
0: Absolutely. This, honestly, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I feel like this podcast has created such a great community for fans of them. I had no idea what the response would be. I just had this idea and I was just, just ran with it. But I really enjoy, like I never thought that, I would be talking about them literally every single day with complete strangers and now people that are not strangers, people that are my like, pretty good friends. So where can they follow you?
2: Yeah. So on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, I'm Cham Breezy. It's a play on my last name. I've had it forever, so it's probably never going to change. <laughs> and it's Z-E-Y at the end because... Some eight-year-old had um, the real way that you would spell breezy already taken, and so you know I added the e. And here we go. Uh, He's probably not eight anymore, so I'm not I'm not like threatening a child. (laughs) FYI, (laughs) that was like ten years ago. Whenever I made my social media handle, (laughs) he's of age. I can punch him now.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Just to be clear, everything here is alleged for entertainment purposes only, and we're not threatening any children.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get canceled.
0: No, it's ah. fine. We're, I just protected you. Legally, yeah, no, so. you're right.
2: Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I will be back next time with another episode. And I will see you guys then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica Cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriamoon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.